Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day weekend. Uh, of course, we'll be talking about Mother's Day as the, uh, uh, as the main point of the sermon. Last week, we talked about songs of worship and singing to the Lord and what that means. And worship, really, it can take many, many different forms as far as, uh, you know, some people really connect with music and worshiping God through that. Some people like to be alone in the woods and worship God. There's a variety of different ways we can worship God. But really it's about honoring God in your heart. Having a profound sense of honoring God in your heart with what you're doing. And that's worship. And when we sing, last week we talked about not only does God hear us when we sing, like He hears us when we pray, But God responds when we sing, just like God responds when we pray. And we went through a variety of examples of the presence of God coming in when His people sang, and chains falling off when His people sang, and just the power of worship and honoring God in our heart. So that was last week. This week, well, I'll tell you about next week before we talk about this week. Next week, Pastor Larry is going to bring the sermon because I'm going to be down in Florida for my oldest son's graduation from college. I don't feel that old, but I guess I must be. Uh, So very excited about that. Trinette and I are going to have a little bit of a vacation and have a good time. We're leaving Daniel home. He's going to be fending for the the homestead there and keeping the home fires burning, but uh, it's going to be a really good time. And Pastor Larry is going to kind of play off of the if series a little bit, but he's going to do an unless. There's an unless that he's going to talk about next week. So very excited about that. It's going to be good, good stuff. Uh, But today, tonight, we're going to talk about Mother's Day and we're going to look at uh, the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus. So let's pray, and we'll get into new material tonight. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for your holy scriptures. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that you don't leave us here to wander around, do the best we can, but you guide us by your spirit, and you guide us by your word. Lord, let us see what you've got for us tonight. Let us grab hold of your truth and put it into practice. Lord, bless our time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Mother's Day. Mothers are so important that they made the Ten Commandments. You know that? Mothers, parents are so significant that they made it into the Ten Commandments. Now this was the, okay, there's a whole bunch of stuff to figure out. Let's make it as simple as possible. We'll do just ten. And there's a list, and mothers and fathers made it into that. And let's read that from Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, from the Ten Commandments. The law given to Moses, to the nation of Israel, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and your mother. And the follow-up is in Ephesians Chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, the Apostle Paul talks about this uh, commandment. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. The promise to the nation of Israel was, if you want to hang on to the land that is being given to you, honor your father and your mother. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says, he turns the promise just a little bit into a New Testament idea that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. But there are promises with honoring your father and your mother. God loves it when we honor our father and our mother and it also goes well with us. How much easier would your life have been if you'd have just done what your parents told you to do? Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and you enjoy long life. Now, uh, how about we just do this? You know what I mean? How about we just honor our father and mother? People get all, you know, they get kind of funny in there, but mom did this or whatever, all that. It, there's not a bunch of ifs. If your mom qualifies... Honor your father and your mother. We need to honor the office if we don't fully respect the person. And the office of mother is a very significant office. And so we need to honor her. And tomorrow, uh, if your mom is alive, you've got the opportunity to be able to do that. To wish your mom a happy Mother's Day. Maybe get her a flower, that sort of a thing. We have flowers for all the ladies. We don't want to distinguish, you know, at good hope, you know, you don't want to be to where you forget to give a flower to somebody for some technical reason. But we've got, we've got roses for all the ladies tonight and tomorrow for all the services. So please, from good hope, happy Mother's Day. Take a, uh, take a rose home uh, and understand that we love you and we care about you. Uh, and that's Man, that's a big deal to honor your father and your mother. Let's look at probably the most famous mother that I've ever heard of, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, she must have really been something because God chose her to be the mother of the Messiah. There were lots of people on the planet. God chose her. She must have had some things going for her. She must have really been an interesting person. I'm looking forward to meeting her in heaven. Can you imagine? I mean, because we'll get to meet these people. Sitting down with Mary and saying, Hi, Mary. Isn't that, how are you doing today? Yeah, I mean, isn't that going to be something? I am looking forward to meeting Mary, an amazing, incredible person. Now, if you're a parent, you might be riding the parenting roller coaster. It's, uh, yeah, it's, you're, you're riding that roller coaster if occasionally your stomach turns over, you know, because of your parenting experiences. There's a roller coaster in parenting And, oh man, Mary rode that roller coaster. She dealt with many, many different things. And we're going to look at 
I think it's about five, five specific situations in the progression of Mary's parenting of Jesus. And as we do that, I want us to be able to relate to her and see these things in our own lives. And then we'll draw spiritual parallels into the experiences of Mary. And so the first thing that happened to Mary was an angel showed up and explained to her that she was going to become the mother of the Messiah. Now, she would have been probably about 16 at this time. That's, the, that's what I hear from all the sources that I look at. The predominant guess is that she would have been about 16. She certainly wasn't 25. She was very young from our standards, uh, but in the standards of the day, this would have been a, a time where people were engaged in that sort of a thing. She was engaged to Joseph, and she has an angel show up and say this. Luke chapter 1, we'll read a large portion of the account, starting in verse 26. On this, in the sixth month... Uh, that is, when John the Baptist is six months along in the womb of Elizabeth. In the sixth month, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled <laughs> Now, this seems like a very nice greeting. <laughs> However, if an angel shows up and starts talking to you, even if the angel is saying nice things, I think it would be a scary, scary thing. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. And here you see the heart of Mary. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. An angel comes, explains the situation. You're going to be the mother of Jesus. Think of the responsibility she must have felt. The angel comes, explains the child, who this child will be, and what an amazing sense of responsibility she must have felt. Now, if you're a parent, I've got three boys, and I remember when the first one was born, and they put this little thing in my arms, and I thought to myself, 
I can't believe I am in charge of a human being. That they, they gave me a person. That's amazing. What am I supposed to do now? The sense of responsibility was very, very strong. Imagine Mary having an angel come and scare her and explain that God's favor is upon her and that she is going to be the mother of the Messiah. You don't want to mess that kid up. (laughs) But of course, God chose wisely. And Mary was up for the task. Mary, boy, I want to meet her. Moms and dads, I want you to understand something about who you are raising. You are raising someone chosen by God. You are raising someone that Jesus himself died for and that God has a plan and a purpose for. You're raising, when they become a believer, a child of God. Just like Mary, we have an awesome responsibility. It's an incredible powerful ministry to be a parent to be a mother and then they start to grow up did you know when Jesus was was 12 he gave Mary some trouble let's read Luke chapter 2 starting in verse 41 Luke 2 41 Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. So that's Jesus' parents. That would be Joseph and Mary. They go to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. So Jesus is familiar with this. They do it every year. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. So Here's the deal. Jesus knows the routine. We come for Passover and we go home. And now, from what I understand, they were traveling in a family group of about 70 people. It was a fairly large group, so it wasn't just one donkey, you know, and Mary and Joseph and Jesus. So it would be something where you might not notice that everybody was there. But if you've got a big family, you've got to do a head count when you get in the van. And what happened was, Jesus doesn't get in the van. And they didn't realize it. Verse 44. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. So they went a day. Got dark. Stayed overnight. Where's Jesus? He's gone. 45. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. So they went a day, day's travel. No Jesus. Imagine this on your family vacation. You're trying to get home. You've been, you went to the conference. Now, you know, you got all charged up. You went to the Christian conference. Now you're heading home. You drove for a day. The kid's not in the van. You drive back. You're trying to find him. So they went to Jerusalem to look for him. 
After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting after how long? Have you ever lost your kid? Days travel, days travel back, three days. They found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. He's going to college. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. How did Mary feel when they couldn't find him? She lost the Messiah. You know, this... She's not feeling real good about this. She's like, the angel told me. Where did he go? And I think she's hurt. Look at these words. She seems hurt. You, you, you ran away? Why have you treated us like this? You think it's hard raising kids. Jesus never sinned. We, we know that theologically, right? This was pretty close. You know, this was pretty close. I know Mary was hurt. Why have you treated us like this? We've been anxiously searching for you. They couldn't find him. She was heartbroken. Why were you searching for me? Jesus asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. So, Jesus towed the line. He was the Alpha and the Omega, the Son of God. He was there at creation. He's 12. And he's like, okay, I'm going to be a 12-year-old boy and I'm going to pay attention to what my mom says. He was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. It's a really interesting verse because Luke, this is in the Gospel of Luke, Luke wasn't there. You read the Gospel of John, you read things, John was there. Luke interviewed people to put his Gospel together. He sat down with Mary and asked her questions about what it was like to raise Jesus. And so he records all these things. And he knows that Mary treasured these things in her heart because he interviewed her to get the facts straight for this gospel. Last verse. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Raising Jesus must not have been as easy as it would seem. You hear people talk about their little angel, right? And you think, well, my little angel wouldn't ever do anything to hurt mommy. You know, Jesus snuck off when he knew he was supposed to go home. Now, he went to the temple and he was doing good things. But if Jesus would sneak off when he was 12, it's tough raising kids. 
There's challenges that we walk up to that we didn't anticipate because these are beautiful, wonderful gifts from God and they should live their lives as beautiful, wonderful gifts from God and never do anything wrong, right? Never grieve a parent's heart. But guess what? Mary went through difficulties with her son and us as parents, we go through difficulties too. If you've ever been a kid, you probably put some adults through some things. It's part of being a parent. Raising kids has its challenges. Don't let that discourage you because it's just the normal reality. Raising kids has its challenges. Now here's the spiritual parallel to draw. How easy of a child to raise are you for your heavenly father? Are you one of those kids that's compliant and, and takes direction easily? Or are you the rebellious child that wants to spill the milk to see how the parent will react? Let me tell you, life is better when you get on board with your Heavenly Father. There is no benefit, there is no value to being hard to raise in the kingdom and the family of God. So, an amazing time when Mary was shown by the angel that she would give birth to this child. Some challenges in his upbringing when he was 12. Now let's get to the place where Jesus is getting his start in his ministry. Let's go to the Gospel of John chapter 2, starting in verse 1. The first miracle that Jesus did, Mary's there. Uh, It's a very famous miracle. Let's look at John chapter 2, verse 1. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. So they're all at the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. And now she must have had something in her voice when she said that, because to me that's just a fact. They're out of wine. She says there's no wine. You know how mom can say something and she raises an eyebrow and you know exactly what she means. Right? She says they have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. So he heard more than they're out of wine. He heard, here's your opportunity. It's time for you to step up. He's like, I don't know. Verse 5. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. So this is an amazing thing because this is Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And people care what his mom says, but he's just an extra guy. Right? They're listening to his mom. Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. He told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. 
but you have saved the best till now. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. So the first miracle, the the launching of Jesus' ministry in significance, it says he had disciples with him at the wedding, so there, he was collecting people, this was already happening, but he hadn't done any miracles at this point. And his mother is the one who brings him into that opportunity. She's the one that, that prompts him and, and kind of sets him out there. One of the things about this story that we shouldn't miss is that Joseph is important at the birth of Jesus. Joseph is important searching for Jesus when he's 12. By this time, Joseph is gone. It's just Mary. Now, it doesn't say what happened to Joseph. He's probably deceased. But Mary's on her own now, and we don't know how long. Somewhere between when he was 12 and when he was 30, Joseph is gone. And so at this miracle, Jesus' mother is there, but his father is gone, and Mary has no husband. So Mary is helping Jesus, and she gives him his first break, so to speak. She believes in him and what he can do. She sees the opportunity, and she kind of is the catalyst for getting this going. Now, as parents, we want to set our kids up for success. It's a big part of who we are. We are to kind of manage things so that they build the skills and then they have the opportunities to be able to make it in life. And that seems to be what Mary's doing. Again, she's an interesting lady. I am looking forward to meeting her. It's going to be something. We want to set our kids up for success. And our Heavenly Father is like that with us as well. He wants to help us conquer the things that hold us down, that cause us to sabotage our lives. He wants to empower us with the gifts that we need to be able to do what he's called us to do. And then he wants to set us up to have opportunities to be able to live those things out. God prepares us and opens doors. Then something really amazing happens in Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, Mary shows up and there's a very interesting response from Jesus. Luke 8, 19 through 21. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him But they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. So Jesus is teaching. And there's a bunch of people and Mary can't 
get in to see him. Someone told him, this is someone in the crowd told Jesus, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. What do you think his response is? Let's look. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Just to translate that, I'm talking to you guys right now. I'm going to stay here. We're going we're gonna to have church and she can stay outside. Hmm. That's an interesting response. My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. He's saying, I got to, not to say this too strong, because this wasn't a, a break in the relationship, but it was, it was Jesus moving into his calling and getting busy with that and being part of the family of God and bringing that family together. And when kids grow up, there's an awkward transition when they go out to become independent and they're living their own lives. And before, you used to be there all the time and every minute of every day they wanted to have you watch them jump off the couch, you know, and you're tired of it. Ugh, I don't want to watch you jump off the couch again. But now, they're off in their careers and they're busy and doing things and you want to see them and, and they don't have the time. And that seems to be the situation here with Jesus. Now, they, it would have been an interruption to the meeting and all those sorts of things. And I've heard people say various things about this. But the fact of the matter is, Mary came to see Jesus and he said, not right now. How would that have felt if you were Mary? It would hurt. It's difficult when we're used to a relationship being a certain way, but then our kids grow out of it. That must have been painful. They grow up fast. Cherish every moment. One time years ago, uh, I'm thankfully years ago, I think my oldest was just a baby. People were talking about what the best age is. You know, you ever have that discussion? Well, I like it when they're able to throw a ball. You know, oh, I like it when they're toddlers and they say goofy things. You know, what's the best age for a kid to be? And somebody said, you know what? You just have to love every stage. Love it when they're babies. Love it when they're potty trained and they can start to feed themselves, love it when they learn to ride their bike, love every stage because you don't get it back. They grow up fast. Make the most of every stage of the child's life. Now, Here's the deal. Obviously, Jesus loved Mary, and it wasn't a broken relationship, but he was busy. Tomorrow's Mother's Day. If you're really busy, just take some time out. Call your mom. Do something. Don't get too busy 
to where you lose your relationship with your mom. I love being a pastor because I can say to the congregation, and if you have a strained relationship, call her anyway. And just say, all I wanted to do was say, Happy Mother's Day. I love you. I hope you have a great day. And that's it. And then there are people in the congregation that call their moms, and I get to hear the stories, and it's fantastic stuff. It's wonderful stuff. Don't let your busyness or fractures take you away from the relationship you have with your mom or with your parents. And the spiritual parallel there is don't get too busy to maintain your relationship with your Heavenly Father. I don't care how busy you are. I don't care how many things you need to think about. The most important thing is your relationship with the living God. Do the work to maintain that relationship. The last situation that Mary went through with her son was at the cross. Let's read that in John chapter 19, starting in verse 25. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. She would have been about 50. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. And there were other people, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, so Mary's there, I mean, imagine that. The hopes that she had when the angel appeared. The amazing miracles she saw him do. And then he's such a celebrity, she can't even get close to him. And now she's standing at the cross, and there's, there's her boy. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved... So that's John, the disciple whom he loved. This was apparently a a manner of speaking. He wasn't bragging or anything like that. He's just saying, I'm writing this, so this is me. It's John. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Jesus, of course, knew he wasn't going to be able to take care of Mary in her old age. He wasn't going to be there. And so he made sure that she'd be taken care of. He said to John, you take care of my mom. And John said, I will. And in just a short couple of verses, not even a full sentence, this disciple took her into his home. She became part of John's household, and he made sure she was taken care of. I'm looking forward to meeting John, too. There comes a time for a child to pay back 
the love and sacrifice of their parents. Mary loved Jesus. She sacrificed for him. She, oh, the untold things of what it must have been like to raise the Lord. And here Jesus is paying back the love and sacrifice that Mary gave to him. And he makes sure she's taken care of. There comes a time for a child to pay back the love and sacrifice of their parents. Now, with our Heavenly Father, we do this through worship. We can't, we can't take care of God. We can just worship God. We can just honor God profoundly in our hearts. We can love God. That's how we pay him back. If you have the opportunity to be a blessing to your earthly parents, take that opportunity. There comes a time when a child needs to pay back the love and sacrifice of their parents. I'm going to invite the prayer teams up. We're going to close. As we close, I just want to say there's a special bond between parent and child. There's a special bond between parent and child. The relationship can sometimes be strained. It can sometimes be difficult. There can be lots of different complications. Even in the midst of complications, be thankful for what you can be thankful for. If there's someone who stepped in as a parent when you didn't have one, be thankful for that person. If, yeah, whatever you can be thankful for, be thankful for that. But of course, when it comes to parent-child relationships, they can be very complicated. There can be strains and there can be lots of pain. Now, we have a Father in heaven who loves us and would do anything for us. And many, many people have a strained relationship with their Father in heaven. And it doesn't have to be that way. Tonight, I want to encourage you don't be estranged from your heavenly father he loves you if you've strayed away he wants you back if you've done something you're ashamed of and you don't want to face God with it you're afraid understand forgiveness is there his power to forgive is infinitely greater than the mistakes you have made And when you are reconciled to your heavenly father, you're reconciled to your brothers and sisters as well. When we come back to the family in the normal worldly sense and we are no longer estranged, then that brings us into the whole family. And I got to tell you, your brothers and sisters in Christ are counting on you too. 
When we run from God, we don't just hurt our relationship with God, but we hurt the family. Today is the day to get right with God. If you're in a place where you're feeling good about your relationship with the Lord, let's just let's just solidify that and give thanks for what God has done for us. If you're in a place where you're kind of distant and you need to be reconnected with God, now's the time. I'm going to pray for the, the whole group and then uh, if you've got something weighing on your heart, you come down and you pray with the prayer teams. They're ready. We have people praying every day all year long that God would meet people right here and do mighty things. And God is doing that. And God will do that tonight. So let's pray together and I'll open it up for personal prayer. Heavenly Father, we honor you. Lord, we thank you for parents on this earth and for people who step in to do a parenting role. Thank you, Lord, for that. And we thank you that you are our Heavenly Father, that we do have a Father that will never fail us, that will never run, that will never turn, that will be the same yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you that you are a Father that is good, that loves us and wants the best for us, that you are always with us. You'll never leave us or forsake us. Lord, if we are distant from you, bring us in. Bring us in. We're letting it go. We love you. We just want to be close to you again. Bring us in. Lord, help us to be strong and walk with you. Lord, let tomorrow be a day we walk with you. Let the day after that be a day we walk with you. Let us hear your voice. Let us know your truth. Let us love your ways. Bring us in. I just pray a blessing over each person that's in this place. Lord, I pray your peace would be upon us. Lord, that your joy would overflow through us. Lord, that it would just fill this world with your joy. Let your light shine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.